Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen, doing this from uh, the locale of my bed uh, today. Decided that, that that this is just kind of the week it's been, Bradford. This was an odd week for me, um, watching football-wise, because Saturday, all the college football games that I normally work on the weekends were done by... 5 p.m. and so I decided oh I'm gonna go out and be a 20 something uh you know went out had a night and and did not wake up until like late third quarter of Bill's Ravens so right away I was behind the eight ball and uh kind of like slept half slept half watched uh Bill's Ravens but uh other than the Broncos and um the Chiefs game, I I and Monday Night Football, I, I really did not watch much football on Sunday. And I've watched some highlights. I have my notebook per usual. I, I just finished up watching a certain game that I wanted to talk about here, but I'm I'm gonna need your help, I feel, because this, you know, there's always like two or three weeks a year where I just kind of detach. And I think you probably do the same thing. 17 games is like a lot, especially if you don't get paid. Like we do this as a hobby. Like we're not, we're not getting paid. Like, you know, 17 games is a lot to pay attention to every single game. And this week feels like a week that I'm going to need your help. So how are you doing Bradford? I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Uh, Yes. I feel you on, on the, on the, it's almost not quite burnout, but it's just, it's, it's hard to reserve that many Sundays, like 18 of them. Like it's just stuff comes up. You're in luck. I was very in tune with the NFL this past Sunday, namely because I had a ton of midterms that I had to study for. So naturally I spent the entire day watching football and just won them early in the morning. Uh, I'm how, how, how are you doing Eric overall? You, you, you look very comfy actually in your, in your bed there. Yeah. I've got my AFC comforter. I am a child. Uh, I've got my AFC comforter with all the AFC teams quilted onto it. It's pretty nice. I've got this Chargers logo right here, right by my side. There's my Broncos logo down there and you know, Ravens all over. I bet there's a Chiefs. Where, where's the Chiefs? Logo? I assume there's a Chiefs logo. They do happen to occasionally reside in the AFC. They do. They Apparently do indeed play in the AFC. Let me see if I can like there's the G- in, in the interest of uh, full professionalism. Oh, oh, I, there it is. You Here. found them? Yeah. There you I, go. I appreciate that. Sleeping with the Chiefs logo. In yeah. the interest of full professionalism, I am starving, and I did moments before we started this, I did order a pizza. So at some point during this recording process, I'm going to disappear for two minutes to run down and grab said pizza. Yeah, we'll take a little break. Does yeah, you know, I just, that... I just, I feel like I should just so I'm not like completely disappearing. But yeah, I, w- I was very in tune with the NFL this Sunday, uh, and what a week of games it was. This was, this I, this was. Uh, I don't know if it tops week two, but this, this was one of. I, I thought most of the games that were played uh, had some sort of level of interest going into the fourth quarter, which is really all you can ask for from a football game. And I like there, there was like a lot of like. I, I liked this week because it felt like it was challenging a lot of the preconceived notions that we had a lot of, like that we, that we had about a lot of teams. 
And I, I enjoy that. I enjoy when a football season really makes you think because, you know, you, you kind of have a habit of, of a, as, as a football fan of going into the season sort of just assuming that, like, this is how – this is where all the teams are at. And that's just kind of the picture that you build in your mind. I mean, the one for me, like, last year, the Bengals, right? You go into the season with this picture of the Bengals as a bad team, so every win feels like a surprise. And it takes a while to really recalibrate yourself to the NFL landscape. And I thought this week was very much a recalibration week. Uh, you, you, there was a lot of like, just kind of like, a, sort of like, like, like feeling out and teams are just kind of starting to settle in to, to what they are. Yes. And so that, that brings us to our exercise today, which is a, a good one. We're going to talk about, you know, some things we think we know and some things that we don't know today. That, that is something we will be we will be chatting about as I uh preseason hockey funnily enough just popped up on here you know I'm gonna do this Bradford I'm, I'm just gonna do this uh I've always wanted to talk a little hockey sometimes so I I know that it's a sport that you're you're very very in tune with I'm getting the I I bet they'll be blacked out by the time the season comes around but i am getting the golden knights here so that's kind of a fun fun twist uh but let me ask you this how are you feeling about the nhl season we are about a week away uh and here's my here's my question here and this will be all the hockey talk we do today i want a secondary team you know last year it was kind of a rangers for me i have a friend who roots for the rangers I liked watching the Rangers last year. They were fun. They were young. They were kind of this new team. I don't want to necessarily get back on the Rangers this year because I think they're a Stanley Cup contender and don't really want to, like, ride the bandwagon there. Who is, like, the young, fun team that's probably expected to make the playoffs that I can get in on and watch, preferably either a Pacific Division team or somebody on the East Coast so it doesn't conflict with Avs Avs games at 7 p.m. Well, here's 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 where I'm at. Uh I mean, considering that that I that I like you, I would not recommend my Edmonton Oilers. They are incredible painful exercise. Incredibly painful exercise. Although they do appear to be very good. I actually skipped out on Monday night football to go to the game, uh, the preseason game uh last night. Uh but uh if you wanted a, a fun team, I'm not sure that they'll make the playoffs, but they'll make a push for it. I am really all about the Buffalo Sabres uh, this year. I really enjoyed watching them last year. And just a little a little context, like the Sabres have been one of the worst teams in the league for many, many years. They have attempted many rebuilds, and they keep continuously failing. They In the McDavid draft, they completely ripped their team apart in hopes of getting McDavid. They didn't win that lottery. The Oilers did. Shout out Oilers for doing that. Uh, and uh, essentially, they've just been in this perpetual state of mediocrity. However, they've built up this incredible pool of these young, promising players. And last year, about like halfway through the season, something just clicked, and all these pieces are to come together. And they are one of the better teams in the league for the entire second half of the year, just out of nowhere. And they were like really, really fun to watch. And they had all these young, like young players kind of start to emerge as stars. I mean, you got like Tage Thompson and, and Owen Power and they added in uh, Alex Tuck 
who they got in the Eichel trade. And, and Tuck is like a Buffalo native, and he specifically wanted to go to the team. It's kind of looking like he's going to uh, become the captain here uh, soon. And just it for once, the Sabres felt like they had a direction and there was a sense of camaraderie. And I really enjoyed watching them last year. I'm not sure they make the playoffs this year, but if you wanted a fun team to follow on the side, you're not going to go wrong with them. And the other one I'll toss out there, the Seattle Kraken, who I, I, I also really like. There's your Pacific Division team. The games are a little late because it's Seattle, and that's just kind of how Seattle sports fandom goes, as I know as a Mariners fan. But, I mean, they have uh, Matthew Beneers, who's basically the favorite for Rookie of the Year. They've added a bunch of nice pieces. They just have, like, one of the best jerseys in sports. Like, it's just so satisfying to look at. And they also uh, they also drafted this year um, – Shane Wright, who was kind of expected to be the first overall pick for a long time. And then he suddenly he suddenly dropped on draft day and was like super dramatic. So they got him and Beneers and I'm, I'm pretty high about their future. So if you wanted a, like two fun teams to kind of keep an eye on, I recommend the Sabres and the Kraken. I think they'll both treat you well. Okay, I can't take you seriously as a hockey analyst now that you've recommended the Sabres. Sabres <laughs> are fun. I had so much fun watching the Sabres last year. I mean, like they they are they were like sneakily kind of a fun team to watch. And Jeff Skinner was kind of bouncing back from he put up 30 goals. Like I I I was I was kind of enjoying watching them. Like once again, I'm not saying that they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think they're gonna be in that push too. And I that's kind of fun. Like, especially in the Atlantic division, you kind of have like, like a few different young teams really trying to like pick off one of the corpses of probably the Bruins who look like they might be primed for falling off. You got the Red Wings who are young and building up this young, exciting core. Ottawa, who has an absolutely insane off season, like adding pieces in and, and, and Buffalo and all, really only one of them can do it. And my money's on Buffalo. I think Buffalo will be the best team out of all of them because Buffalo was better than all of them last year. So I, I just think they'll be kind of fun. Like if you just want a team to follow along with, I think I think they treat you nice. That's all I'm saying. All right, we'll we'll see how that goes. I do like the Seattle Kraken. I do believe they just signed my sweet sweet boy Andre Burakovsky. They did. Um, uh, they also added Oliver Oliver, uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand from the Blue Jackets, who's another one of my favorite players. Like they they have one of the best supporting casts in the league. Defense is a little sus. But like, if the if the young guys that they think could be stars turn into stars, oh my god, they are going to be so much fun to watch. Like, it is just going to be like, like especially if if Shane Wright is what he was thought to be for years. I mean, you have him and Beneers both having their rookie season at the same time. How exciting is how, how exciting is that for Seattle? Just Seattle sports in general. I mean, think of the athletes they have. I mean, they just got Julio Rodriguez on the Mariners. Uh, they have Geno Smith apparently, who. Is one of the better QBs in the league all of a sudden. Um yes. sure we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh and they have Maddie Beneers on the, like it's 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 an exciting time for Seattle Sports. So here's what I think we should do, uh Bradford. I think we should occasionally check in on the NHL season on this on this podcast at the beginning, like once a month. But once we get past the Super Bowl, once we get into February. You know, I have this podcast feed. I have a friend that could whip up a logo. I, I do want to pay closer attention to the NHL this year. I do think maybe throwing, uh, you know, maybe off-season pods plus maybe an NHL pod one or two times a month might be fun along with various other 
exercise. Do you watch college basketball? Probably not. No, I um, don't. I, I, I centralize on hockey, football, and I, I do watch a lot of Mariners games. And that's that's about all the time that I have. Like sports is my main hobby, and it already yeah. consumes most of my free time. Like I, adding something else to the mix there is would be I do very love I do love NCAA basketball. Definitely, we'll be chatting about that at some point this this year on this uh, podcast feed. To those who 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 are listening right now, um, thank you. And I will I will timestamp this one so people can skip to the football talk if they want to. All right, Bradford. Let's let's start this thing out. Let, let let me ask you this: Four weeks through the season, most of the league shockingly is two and two. Most of the league is two and two. Most of the NFC is two and two. Like, what do you think you know about the NFL? Okay, uh, that's tough to answer because I feel like many things are still very very up in the air. But something that I do think I know is that Mike Tomlin's winning record streak is done. <laughs> like, I I was someone that I'm always very hesitant to be like, oh, the Steelers are in, the Steelers are in trouble because they always find a way. They're the zombie Steelers. And in general, yes, I, I think that in a universe where uh, uh, they didn't lose TJ Watt, then they might even be looking at three and one right now. That's not the case they are not able to zombie their way through to these ridiculous wins without him and he's gone now and the Steelers are genuinely just just they're 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 more abundant is not looking pretty I thought Kenny Pickett's debut was honestly decent like I know he threw three picks but if you watch it like that was like like not really his fault whatsoever he looked he looked I mean he looked better than Mitch Trubisky which I suppose isn't saying much but yeah I, I really think that the Steelers are cooked like, which kind of shocked me because I was relatively, you know, slightly hopeful for them this year, but they are cooked. What do you think? Yeah, L- let me start with Pickett because that was the one game that I made sure right before we got together, actually, threw that game on, sped through it really quick, had some takeaways. I know I've been hard on Kenny Pickett, but I really thought his debut was pretty impressive. You know, he's he looks like a Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. He stood in there. He took hits. He threw the ball pretty accurately. And one of the interceptions he threw wasn't his fault. And the other, only one of the interceptions he threw was his fault. One got, one Chase Claypool, frankly, should have caught. And the other one, was just the desperation he yeah, to the end zone yeah. that that you're that you're supposed to do at the end of the game. So w- wasn't super annoyed. I mean, if you know, everyone's making the jokes, but it is true he didn't miss a pass. Like he was, you know, <laughs> he, he was getting two rushing touchdowns too. He, he, he honestly like he. It felt like the Steelers had a pulse, which is that's the thing yeah. that's weird with with Mitch Trubisky is it's like. He hasn't been killing them with turnovers. He's just been killing them with nothingness. And for the first yeah. time this year, it felt like the Steelers existed. Whether they exist as a bad enterprise or a good one, it felt like they. I, it felt like I was watching something that was alive. There was a story there. The Mitch Trubisky Steelers did not exist to me. They were not. They. 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 They were hard. The, the Mitch Trubisky Steelers were 
like so forgettable you'd forget about them as you were watching them and several times a game i'd have this moment where i'd be like oh my god mr Trubisky plays for the steelers like it, it, it was just such a bizarre experience and i'm i'm so happy that they're going to be starting an actual like semi-watchable quarterback because uh, that is what kenny profile uh, kenny kenny profile kenny pickett profiles to be to me yeah i i think they're going to be watchable uh, i would agree with that assessment do I think they're done? The schedule is very, very tough. I mean, you started one and three. Let me just read you the next four games. Bills, Buccaneers, Ooh. Dolphins, Eagles. That's four straight losses. And then doesn't get any easier Saints, Bengals after that. They It, it, it kind of eases up for two weeks. They get the Colts and the Falcons, and then they close out with the division teams again. So – I don't know if that's four losses, to be completely honest with you. Like, I, I get what you're saying. And I I think you're most likely right, Bradford. I think the winning record is over for Mike Tomlin. He's he's not getting that this year. Those wins aren't really coming on this schedule. But, like, I I wouldn't be shocked if they split the next four games. Like, they're, they're a really well-coached team. The defense still looks good without T.J. Watt. Alec Highsmith has been a really, really good football player again this year and a really solid pass rusher for them. Um, George Pickens, you could see the difference the quarterback play made. I think if you're in a fantasy league right now, make a bid, like make a bid, just like have him. Because I think in about five weeks, we'll be talking about George Pickens as the number one wide receiver in this offense and this offense is something that's interesting and in keeping the Steelers in games. So I'm not I'm not ready to write them off just yet. I think they're going to be very, very interesting, but I agree that the road ahead is very tough. What do you think you know, Eric? What do I think I know about the NFL? I think I know that the AFC is going to play out as I kind of expected the AFC to play out. I think you can very definitively look at the AFC right now and say, oh yeah, we were right this whole time. It is the Chiefs. It is the Bills. Those are the teams to knock off. And, you know, the Ravens are nice. I, I have nothing but praise for Lamar Jackson, but they're two and two. The offense didn't look great against the Bills on Sunday, and I know it's early in the season and a lot of things can change. But I just really feel this way. I feel like, you know, everyone's predictions for AFC championship game we're dead on. It looks like it's going to be the Chiefs and the Bills. They just look like they're heading on a collision course to play each other. And, you know, I, I think I know that uh, this is a mild one and a little bit of, honestly, a little bit of a stall while I come up with some spicier ones. But I, I do think I know that the AFC is controlled by the Chiefs and the Bills and that only really the Ravens are close to competing with what the Chiefs and the Bills are putting together right now. I, I agree, but the thing is the Ravens have lost two inexcusable games. 
You cannot lo- you cannot blow a 21 point lead in the fourth quarter to the Dolphins. And the way they lost that game, like the the Bills did not play very well in that game whatsoever. Like it was Allen Allen could have had quite a few picks. Like it was just not a a very pretty game from the Bills. But the Ravens they just they got they keep having these bizarre like meltdowns in the second half where it's just like the offense looks so dominant and unstoppable and Lamar is just an like absolute like MVP runaway and then in the second half their offense is just like completely stalling out I mean that whole nonsense at the end where Lamar ended up throwing the pick I like not throwing not kicking the field goal there is is bizarre to me and like I'm usually someone who's very all for like you know go for the touchdown you know like like have some balls be a be a man you know go for the go for on fourth down but that was just a ridiculous decision. Like they handed that game to the Bills on a silver platter. And I mean, like, respect to the Bills. They did what needed to be done. They found a way to win that game in the end. Josh Allen drove them down and they kicked the field. They, they won. So there you go. Like that's what separates the Bills, the Bills and the Ravens. In games where both of them were struggling, the Bills were the ones that, you know, uh buckled up and they got it done. And that is what differentiates the Bills from most of the rest of the AFC. Like it's it's the Bills and the Chiefs. You're completely right. And I think the Bills and the Chiefs have been equally as impressive. They've they've both had a game or two where it's like, oh, I don't know, like something's, you know, they're they're struggling, they're figuring things out. But I mean, no team is on their level in the AFC. Like it's 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 and the Ravens, I mean, if they if they had been able to close out at least one of those two games, maybe, but it's like those losses when you're in an AFC that's like this tight and competitive, those losses really start to stack up. Like it's it's big, especially to lose one to the Bills. Like that, essentially, like that's pretty devastating to their chances of getting a playoff by. It's just yeah, you can't you can't do that. And it's like I I think that the uh, Bills Chiefs game in a couple weeks I think is going to be like is is gonna is gonna really be what frames our our perception of who the best team is for the rest of this this regular season is because it is it is those two teams at the top and. Uh, Nobody else is that close. I, I think the gap between the Bills and the Chiefs is – well, the Bills and the Chiefs are, are a decent amount above the Ravens, personally. Like, the Ravens' defense has been very disappointing. It can get better, though. They don't lack talent. They just haven't played well for, for four weeks. I, that That's where I keep coming back to. I Like, I get it hasn't looked good, but let's take a look at Thanksgiving. Let's see where this defense is at Thanksgiving because I think it's going to be a much, much, much better looking defense come Thanksgiving. That, that, like, let's set a marker, the Jaguars game. If, if it's still a problem at the Jaguars game, okay, maybe, maybe we can start talking about it, but they have some time to figure it out. Their, their upcoming schedule is, is not the worst in the world. They play the Bengals on Sunday night football. That's going to be a fun game. Then they've got the Giants, then the Browns, then the Buccaneers, then the Saints, then the Panthers. I think that their defense can get it together with those opponents over the next few weeks. I'm not too worried about Baltimore, but yes, I think I know that the Chiefs and the Bills are are, are very good. Let me ask you a question about the Chiefs here. What about their offense is working right now because it's very I have a hard time assessing it and analyzing it because it just looks very different from what we would expect the Chiefs well, offense well, that's to all, be. 
Hold that thought for like two minutes. I must retrieve my pizza. Pizza is here. We will be right back. We have the pizza. Pizza is here. What a great break that was to go get some pizza. What kind of pizza do you get, Brad? I currently have a mouthful of pizza at this given moment in time. Well, I thought I ordered pepperoni, but they delivered me a cheese pizza. So I guess I have a cheese pizza now. All right. Well, that's unfortunate. Sorry to hear that. I know that your love for pepperoni is is notorious. And, uh, you know, I I, 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 I'm sorry that that had to happen to you uh, this evening. So the Chiefs, let's get to the Chiefs here. You asked me what was working about the offense. Yeah, like uh, what, 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 what is making this offense successful? Because it's not what it has been in the past. It's very different. It's not a vertical attack. That's for sure. They they don't really throw deep passes. You know, it's just kind of, but it works. So, can you just explain to me what you're seeing? Uh, they have a running game. This is the first time since Kareem Hunt was a part of this team that they had a any form of a decent running game. And this running game is better. I mean, the Chiefs have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Like, it is easily top five for me. Orlando Brown Jr. has been very disappointing. But outside of him, it has been absolutely rock solid. Even the positions I was concerned about with, like, like Wiley coming in with Niang's injury, well, Wiley's been excellent. Like, the... The offensive line is so reliable, and it's like, even if you had a mediocre offensive line, Patrick Mahomes is good enough at kind of rolling out of the pocket and and making guys miss. It doesn't matter, but they're giving him all the time he needs to make something happen because his receivers, the receiving core has been okay. It has not been doing him any favors. He's definitely had to, 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 to grind, you know, to get to get these drives working, but he's brilliant enough to make it work. And other teams are respecting the run because they know that all of a sudden, I mean, I mean, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, he's hitting holes. He's looks effective. They're, they're using him in, in, in the receiving game a little bit. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco has been one of the absolute highlights of the season to me. The way that he runs is he looks just so furious at any given moment in time. Like, he looks so genuinely pissed off that and like he he runs like every run is going to be his last and it's it's so refreshing to see that after like years of relatively ineffective chiefs running games whether that be maybe the chiefs like had the pieces for an effective running game but Andy Reid wasn't really going for that he he was relying more on just Mahomes making something work or little little like chintzy plays that that Reid likes to call but this offense is just, it is like the game against the Buccaneers. I mean, Mahomes is excellent, but that was a run first game. And especially against the team like the Buccaneers, where their run defense has been famously amazing for a, a few years now. And especially the past two years, they rushed for more yards against the Buccaneers. And I'm pretty sure the Buccaneers had given up the three previous weeks combined. Like it was, it was crazy to watch just how effective Clyde and Pacheco were against like, it's just a two headed monster right now. And it's giving Mahomes the breathing room to make a less than stellar receiving core work. Juju has been fine, but I think people were expecting that Juju go back to that 1400 yard season form. And he's just not that guy. He's on pace for a thousand yards, which is about, I mean, it's a great bargain been fine for them. 
And I mean, I'm I'm still frustrated they haven't really unleashed Sky more in this offense. I still think he's the most talented receiver on the team, and he just has not been given a chance to do anything yet, except for mess up on special teams. But this Chiefs offense is effective because they are willing to be patient, and it was it was a learning process that really started last year because they were really struggling offensively and they didn't really pick it up till the end stretch of last season. And it was like they had to fundamentally adjust. Mahomes can still destroy you with the deep ball. You know that threat is there. He had a deep shot to, to MVS uh, on Sunday night. That was nice to see. But in general, it's just been patience and effectiveness. Like they're just such an effective team. Uh, I mean, and it's reflected. Mahomes uh, leads leads the leads the league in EPA per play. Like it's just so almost simple that it's it's beautiful. And I, I think that's why it's effective. They're not trying to do more than they can, which has always been a problem with the Chiefs in their in their bad moments over the past and in the Mahomes era, is when they're trying to do too much. But I think they've realized we don't need to do too much. This is working. Teams respect the deep pass and we're gonna burn them on the ground now for it. And it's working. And it's it's a beautiful thing to see. Like they just they're making it work. And it's not as highlight real flashy i mean of course you have moments like that absurd mahomes touchdown <laughs> that he threw to clyde edwards alero through more like 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 you know he hit it like a like like he's steph curry in a three like they do still have those but i just think the chiefs offense is working because they were willing to sacrifice explosion for effectiveness i think those are all fair points that you just made, and, and I would agree with most of them. Tell me something. Let me tell you something I think I know about the NFL season thus far. And and let me tell you something. I think I know that the Cardinals' plan is just not working out. Like, it's just not working out. I get they beat the Panthers this week. Panthers are probably the worst team in the league. But like through three weeks, and I just need to get this on a podcast because I've said it to you privately, and I, I said it on a Twitter spaces yesterday. Like, you know how you are with Justin Herbert. I get that. I found my guy. I found my guy that bugs me that the national media gives him all this love constantly and he really hasn't done anything it's kyler murray i mean can we just stop saying this guy is a top 10 nfl qb just because you have a big arm and you can occasionally run around and make some things happen with your legs that does not make you a top 10 nfl quarterback and I, I could care less about your statistics. I could care less. You you can throw for as many yards as you want to. By the way, he is a quarterback that has not broken a thousand yards through several games. Let me point out some quarterbacks that have Geno Smith, Tua, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr. Like, can, can we just stop giving Kyler Murray all this love? And, and I. I don't know about his work ethic. I don't know about what he's doing in the building. I'm not involved. I'm not on the coaching staff. 
But if the reports are out there that he doesn't give all his time to this and that he's addicted to playing video games and that he needs an independent study clause, like, who else needs that? Like, nobody. Nobody else needs that. And I know they took it away, but nobody else needed it in the first place. So, like, what are we doing here? And you could blame his coaching. Sure. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a very good coach either. But, like, I don't know. Like, what does he do other than make, like, two or three great throws a game that makes him good? Because his completion percentage isn't very good. You know, he he makes some odd decisions now and then. And sometimes their offense just looks lost for long periods of time. And just because you pull one or two plays out of the top of a hat, like every game, that does not mean you are a talented NFL quarterback. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of done with Kyler Murray and I, I, I hope you finish up your pizza here soon. Cause I, you know, I, I want to hear your thoughts as well, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't think this Cardinals team is going anywhere. I think the NFC yeah. West is the worst division in football. And I, I think that Kyler Murray is like, if Jimmy G wasn't in the division, I would rank, Kyler Murray is the worst quarterback. Like in his performance this year, sure. With with Kyler, with Kyler Murray, and I completely agree with your sentiment. He is one of the most overrated. I, I'm in I'm in this uh, one Discord server for my my university, and there's a sports channel in there. And this one guy, he commented the other day. He's like, "Do you agree with this sentiment? Is Kyler Murray uh, a top five quarterback?" I was like, oh where, God. Are you, where are you getting this from? And he was like, a top was, five quarterback? Like, did, you see, did you see the two-point conversion? And that's kind of how Kyler Murray profiles to me. Kyler Murray is the casual fan's quarterback. It, if you just saw the highlights, you would think he's a top five quarterback. Because in terms of, at his very best, in a broken play situation... Kyler Murray is is one of the absolute best in the league, but all the fundamental stuff is so slightly off. He profiles to me as a guy that is coasted on how ridiculously talented he is for so long that I don't know how much of it's Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know how much of it is the Cardinals just having like really, really mediocre weapons, honestly. It's just, he doesn't, he panics. It's, it's like in these, in these moments, he's, Always, yeah, Kyler Murray is kind of what some like like people on Twitter think Mahomes is like, where they talk about how you know the second he doesn't get his first read, he bails out and tries to do something crazy. That's what Kyler Murray does, and sometimes it works, and it is so much fun to watch. He is very entertaining, uh, but I completely agree with you. He's super overrated, and I mean, honestly, watching the Falcons the past couple weeks. It, it struck me how Mariota-like he is, kind of, where it's like the athleticism, I mean, he's better than Mariota still, but like the athleticism tantalizes you and kind of distracts you from the fact that his decision-making is genuinely awful. And with Kyler, he's very young. I think I think at some point, hopefully with, with a more focused coach, he, he really can reach that potential. But 
I I agree with you, and I also agree that the NFC West is one of like the like what is going on in that division, man? It is not pretty. Like what what happened to the Rams? What 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 are the Rams? What happened to Matthew Stafford? That injury that they talked about in the offseason that has to be bothering him, right? There's no way he's this bad. Yeah, maybe, or or maybe he is just as bad. Like. I think what I know is that this division is so bad and like, let's just talk about this for a second. Like I know this pains me to my core to say, but like I've watched the games. I've seen the numbers. Geno Smith has been the best quarterback in this division. Like there's just no question about it. Like far and beyond, he is the best quarterback in this division and the Seahawks are hanging around and they're two and two and they're coached by Pete Carroll. And who are we to say they don't hang around and somehow make the playoffs, but I definitely don't see more than one team making the playoffs in this division. Like I, I just don't. And I get, you could say the Rams might get better, but like, will they really? Because it's not just Matthew Stafford. Their offensive line is terrible. It is legitimately terrible. They cannot protect inside, and their tackles are suspect. And because of that, the playbook is limited. And Allen Robinson is just straight up not a good player. Just straight up not a good player. Not not a good player. And it was one of the worst decisions of the offseason to trade Robert Woods and sign him. You should have kept Robert Woods. That because he worked in your system and you knew what he had. So now not only does Sean McVay have to work with a limited Matthew Stafford, but he has to work with a bad offensive line, a Cam Akers that is somehow still in the doghouse and not really a part of the offense, and Allen Robinson, who is, like, consistently knows it. Like, Ben Skoranek is a major, like, chess piece in this he's offense. The third, he, he's third in, on the team in targets. Like, like he's, he's very... He's their number two receiving option. Like, he is their number two. And when, when Bren Skoranek, or whatever his name is, is your number two, then you're not going to be a very great offense. Like my, my question for you, Eric, how much of it do you think is Allen Robinson is just dust and this team is like, or how much of it is Stafford's over-reliance on Cooper Cup getting exposed? I mean, he's straight up trying to get Cup killed at this point. Like, I, th- this offense is essentially just force-feeding it to Cooper. And, I mean, hey, it semi-works. Cooper Cup is very, very good. But it's so predictable. Like, it, he is genuinely just force-feeding it to him. And it's causing picks. It's risking Cooper Cup's health. And if Cooper Cup goes down, well, what, you're going to force-feed it to Ben Skoranek or whatever? The, no, like... I mean, I agree Allen Robinson has been disappointing, but, like, Matthew Stafford, I feel like he must be playing injured. And in that, I think he's constantly turning to his comfort blanket in Cooper Cup, and it is severely harming this offense. Yeah. It's just a bad situation for the Rams, who are just in a really bad situation. 
And then you look at kind of the big picture for them. Like, if this season doesn't work out, like, Sean McVay was rumored to want to leave coaching last offseason. Like, if this really doesn't work out, if Stafford regresses the rest of the way and never really gets better, and they finish as, like, a seven- or eight-win team, which is a real possibility, like, what do you do? Because you, you don't have any draft picks. You don't have much cap space to work with and you kind of have to rebuild this offense next off season. Like you really have to rebuild this offense because what you have now is not working. And then there's the matter of Aaron Donald who talked about wanting to retire. And I guarantee you, if this is an eight win team, Aaron Donald is walking away. Like he's just going to be like, nah, I got my ring. Like I'm good. And then you have to rebuild your whole defense and you don't have any picks this year. And I I don't even know when they have picks again, to be completely honest with you. Like they've traded away so many at this point. Like this seems like total disaster could be the Rams for the next few years because they could lose everything. But hey, I, I mean, I guess it's all worth it if you won a Super Bowl. They got that, they got their ring, and I mean I do still think I have more faith in the Rams figuring this out and winning the division than I do in any of the other teams winning the division at two and two. Really? Because I think because they've shown that they're capable of doing, it, and things have been absolutely brutal so far. But if I had to put my money on one of these teams to step up, it would be them. As nice of a story as Geno Smith has been, and as good as the Niners' defense is, uh, I still. It's been four weeks, and I want to give it just a little bit more before I'm like, the Rams are absolutely toast. But one thing I do want to say, and I do have a bit of a, of a narrative agenda to push here, uh, Matthew Stafford's touchdown to interception ratio right now is four to six. Now, I would like to contrast that with uh, Jared Goff, who currently has 11 touchdowns and three interceptions. Like, all I'm saying is, the Rams won that trade. I mean, they they got the Super Bowl, but like, goofballs making it even, and goofballs winning me some ice cream sandwiches. Like, you're gonna be you're gonna be in a in a financial deficit after this uh, after this lion season because your boy Justin Fields is not looking too good. Yeah, that definitely. But the point is, Stafford's stats are bad, and his play on the field is even worse. Like, it's just. I think I like the chances of them figuring it out more than than more than uh, the other teams in the division. Like I don't believe in the Cardinals whatsoever. I'm still not sold on the Geno Smith Seahawks, uh, and the Niners are mediocre. I think I, but... I just want to talk about the Niners really quick. I don't know if they're mediocre. I don't think a team with that defense can be called mediocre because I think it might be the best. Here's something I think I know. I think the 49ers might have the best defense in the NFL. I think they might. I think they've got stars all over it. They've got great pass rushers, great linebackers. They have a secondary now. We asked all offseason who is playing secondary for this team. Well, Talanoa Hufanga is, and he's a basically the all-pro at safety right now, if you had to ask me. Like, he has played out of his mind through four weeks, and D'Amico Ryans has been an absolute gem of a defensive coordinator, and he's going to be a head coach next year. 
And I know this is asking a lot. You're going to laugh at me because I know this is asking a lot. But if Jimmy G can just avoid throwing picks on his side of the field, they are going to be okay. Like if he can get across the 50-yard line and throw picks while they're in the red zone, that's fine. Just don't give your team a short field to work with every single time. And this defense is, I truly believe this, they have the potential to be 2015 Broncos good where they can legitimately win you six games. And in this division, if you get a good Jimmy G for three games, which we have seen before in the season, that's nine more wins. And at 11 wins, you're a lock to make the playoffs in the NFC. Just don't throw picks on on your side of the field. And you are set if you are the San Francisco 49ers. I think they should be the favorite to win this division. That's what I think I know. I think that they finished the season with a winning record. Most likely this, this profiles to me is like a 10 and seven team personally. I think uh, that's good enough to win the division. I don't think I, the division's I, I, that good. Like, the Rams have so much talent and that talent is still there. They but did do not they though? Because we just. The Monsters. We just assessed that their number two receiver is Ben Skoranek. They do not have talent. They run Jefferson back at some point. And maybe OBJ comes back there. I'm just saying, like... Like, they do not have talent. They don't. They have Cooper Cup. They have Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford and maybe half a running back. Like... They do not have talent. Let's stop acting like they have talent because they don't. Because Allen Robinson is not talented. They just like won he's... the Super Bowl, man. They just won the Super Bowl. I, th- I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt. But For they've lost days. all those pieces. They've lost Andrew Whitworth. We did not talk enough about this. They've lost so many pieces. They are not that same team. We cannot keep treating them that way. I refuse to. Like, I... I understand you wanted to wait a few weeks, but I really don't see this getting better. That's that's just me. All right. I agree that if it's not the Rams, it is absolutely the Niners that, that would take this division. I do agree with that. That's that that checks out to me. And one thing that I also want to talk about in terms of uh what I think I know. Yes. The AFC West is a bit of a paper tiger. Yeah. All offseason, yeah. I was gassed up on them. Everybody was. This is one of the best divisions in football history. This is a sad division, man. This is a sad place. This is like, this is Charlie Brown going to kick the football and just, like, missing. Because that's kind of what happened. He gets the football ripped away from him. And that's kind of what's happened to most of the teams in this division. Like, I think every team in this division had reasonable, besides the Chiefs, every team in this division had reasonable hopes that this could be, it could be, it could be us. It could be us. Why not us? Well, this is why not you. It's not the Broncos because they're absolutely getting devastated with injury. And Russell Wilson is burning the food left and right. It's not the Raiders because, I mean, they have 
uh, a lame duck coach. I mean, maybe not as bad as Nathaniel Hackett, but McDaniels is not a good coach. He's been very, very well established in terms of being a head coach. And Carr has not been remotely good enough to give them the kind of magical performances they had last year that got them into the playoffs. And I don't think it's the Chargers. I mean, they're two and two. A lot can happen from now. They have a very talented quarterback, and they they do have some offensive weapons, at least. Eckler looks like he's back. But, I mean, those defensive injuries are stacking up. Like, what a a, a disappointing division. I was expecting, like, fireworks up until the last couple weeks of the season. And it kind of just looks like the Chiefs are going to run away with it. And I'm not just saying that as a biased Chiefs fan. Like, like seriously, the gap between the Chiefs and the other team in that division should not be as large as it is. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Listen, I get it's the Texans. I will say the Chargers performed well. They played really well last week. Justin they almost Herbert. blew a 20-point lead. Like, if... If like they they're a Davis Mills late game pick away from blowing a a twenty point lead to the to the Texans, I'm just saying I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Like it was it was kind of scary there for a bit. Justin Herbert's playing like a top five quarterback right now. Yes, like there. I, I know I know a top five quarterback. I have not said that he's not. I know. I, I agree no, with no, you. you I'm, not, I, I, I'm not going at you. I'm not going at you, Bradford. Oh, I feel like you're trying to feed me Justin Herbert propaganda to try and make me respect him. I respect him. He's a top five quarterback. He's really good. He's not a top one quarterback. That's all I've. He's not a top three quarterback. That's all I've been saying. And I know. I, I know. I know. I think we've hashed this out enough times now. I think we. I think we both understand where we stand on the Chargers. Listen. Let me just tell you the Chargers the next four games. Browns, Broncos, Seahawks, Falcons. If they get out of that stretch three and one, I think they're going to be fine. I really do. If they get out of that stretch three and one, and it's very easy to go three and one right there, I think they they get through. If they go two and two, it's not going to be so easy. But if they get out of this next stretch here, three and one, I think they're going to be okay. And I think there's a real shot that they do that. And I know you won't respect them after they go three and run. And frankly, nobody should. They're going to play a bunch of bad teams over the next four weeks. But they are going to have a chance to prove that they deserve to be in the mix. And then they're going to get a nice primetime matchup against the 49ers. And they're going to get tested by that defense. And then they play the Chiefs at home. And then... At that point in the season, it's just like, okay, try to stay competitive with the Chiefs and keep this division tight. But I I understand what you're saying. I agree the Broncos and the Raiders are just totally out of this thing. The Chargers are by far the second best team in this division, and it's not close. But the Chargers are going to – I just believe they're going to be there for that second Chiefs game. It's going to be a very important game in in the NFL season. Just going to be – a very very important game. So, yeah, I, I guess before we hit on a few more things and get out of here, as this is dragging on, um, I feel like we haven't talked about that much. To be honest with you, do you feel that way? Like I, I feel like we we've we've been hyper focused on a few different things, um, that I will forget in the episode description as as per usual. 
and I don't want to go back and, and timestamp this because I know we only have like seven listeners and they're loyal listeners. They listen the whole time. Don't listen so, anyways. So thank you very much for listening. But, you know, for Broncos. Um, I yeah. haven't talked. I want to say before you get into your point, I have purposely not brought it up because I know how devastating the Broncos season so far has been to you. And I, I don't, I don't want to rub uh, uh, any more salt in the wound. You know, He's, I'm, I'm being careful. You know, it's okay, being, okay, okay, I'm, okay. I'm careful. It's but spicy. You, like I'm, but, I'm just being careful not to put any. Like but, I, I, I care about your feelings, and I know they got you down, and I don't want but, to be like, how about those Broncos? You know. But you can't rub salt in the wound because you got fooled by this too. Don't act like you didn't get fooled by this too, because I talked to you in freaking July, man. And you told me that, yeah, I think the Bron- verbatim from your mouth, you said the Broncos are the second best team in this division. They should you, be. They're you the second sa- best team you in the division. said that. So you can't rub salt in the wounds because you've been on the Broncos train too. So at, least, you have, at, least, at least I don't have my sanity tied up in the performance. You have to eat the garbage as well, Bradford. I, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think that telling me that one of my most hated division rivals sucks is the the insult to my pride that that you you seem to think it is. I'm I've been very much enjoying the Broncos collapse. I, I want to put that out. And yes, I did believe that they were the second best team in the division because I believe that Patrick Sertan is one of, if not maybe the best corner in football. And I believe that all these defensive pieces really come together. And I believed that an offense with Russell Wilson and Javante Williams in the running game would be able to perform at at least an average level, but uh, that has not been the case. And I think at this point we know that the Broncos are not as advertised. You were scammed. You were you were you were led to believe something that was simply false. And I do not fault you too much for that. Because in theory, you're trading for one of the best QBs of the past 10 years. And you have every right to be hyped up about that as a fan. And I don't blame you for being upset that the whole thing was a sham all along. Like this. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like sometimes it hurts to talk about the Broncos for me because I just keep saying the same thing over and over again. But that's really what this team is. Like every single year when it goes bad, you can pick the trends out pretty quickly about why they're bad. Like past few years, it's been quarterbacks. This year, let me just give you a brief spark notes rundown. And then really, Bradford, you know, I, I've sent a, a text to Mason and I hope you can join me. Broncos Colts, Thursday night football. There is a chance for an absolute primetime meltdown for the Broncos on Thursday night. That is one of the worst matchups. I dude, I cannot think of a football game. I'm I was more excited to watch and and rounds. and and I just oh. need I just need you to cut out like nine to ten PM uh, on 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 Thursday night. It's it's gonna be very Broncos heavy. So I'm gonna save the Broncos talk today. But as you know, I've done a Broncos postmortem every single year. I've done this podcast when I believe the Broncos are dead. I'm not quite there yet. This is not the week for that. But I will say within the next four weeks, there will be a Broncos postmortem episode where it's literally just Broncos talk. We'll come on here. 
You'll ask me some questions about the Broncos. I'll be really sad. I'll get angry. I'll call for people to be fired. And then here's the nice thing about my Broncos fandom. I'll still care and it'll still hurt me the rest of the year. But I stop talking about them on this podcast when they're bad. Because, because, because people don't need to hear about the bad Broncos. They, they just don't. Here's the spark notes of what, what's gone wrong. And then we, we, we can go, we can move on. One, their only good running back is out for the year, torn ACL. Two, the player I said all offseason, and you heard me say this all offseason, was a bad signing because he had injury red flags and drug red flags, was Randy Gregory. And, oh, what do you know? Four weeks into the season, he's out six weeks. So, I guess $70 million down the drain, like, no, no way to really pivot. Von Miller wanted to come back and play for this team, and you told him no. So George Payton, again, you failed. He has failed at everything he has done outside of drafting Patrick Sertan. And that was such a slam dunk, he shouldn't even get credit for it. He has been an awful GM. Just an awful GM. I'm not there yet. I'm not going to call for him to be fired yet. That'll be later this season. But, like, the other part, Russ is just washed. Let's let's just say it how it is. Russ is just washed. That's just the way it is. Let's you and me put put a timetable on this, and then we can stop talking about it for the rest of the time. And I won't hype them up next off season. And I'll just get ready to eat the garbage and be you know an eight and nine team every single year for the rest of my life and miss the playoffs and and not be a relevant football fan. Chargers, Jets, Jaguars. Titans, at what point do we make the definitive conclusion on Russell Wilson? Because he's had four games, and I will give him credit. The Raiders game was his best game. He did look like he improved. But if he does not play like a top 10 quarterback by the Titans game, I think it is fair to say that he will just never be a top 10 quarterback again. And he's just a middle of the road Kirk Cousins type basically. I don't know if I'd say ever again, but I definitely like write him off for this year. Uh, if he still hasn't shown much in the next couple weeks, I think, I think Russell Wilson is better than he's been the past couple weeks. I think a lot of what's been going wrong is definitely Nathaniel Hackett related. And if this season is trending the way that it feels like it's trending, I think there's a very, very high chance that Nathaniel Hackett could be a one and done coach. This does not strike me as an ownership group that is scared of just saying, you know what, this one's on us, bad hire, let's try this again. Uh, and maybe then we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they, they bring in some better receiving help for us. But, yeah, he is not – he's not a top-ten quarterback at this point in his career. Uh, he arguably hasn't been for a couple of years, but I feel like the pedigree of being Russell Wilson and what he once was uh, was was a was a – was a, a, a stashed bucket of goodwill that, that he was able to rely on for a few years now. And it's, it's kind of running out because he can't hide behind Pete Carroll anymore. He, he doesn't have anybody doing him any favors. And I mean, th this is an offense that's essentially setting him up to fail. It is designed to be good at everything Russ is not good at. And that is just, you're, I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for the guy because like they're asking him to be this quick pocket down the middle passer. That is the antithesis of Russell Wilson. 
That is everything Russell Wilson hates. Yeah, but I kind of blame Russell Wilson for that, too, because defenses are keying in on that. Like, what do you expect Nathaniel Hackett to do? This is the best game plan available. Like, they aren't going to give him cover one. They just never are. That's never happening he again needs to adapt, in Russell Wilson's saying. career. It's never going to change. He will always see two high safeties. He is Patrick Mahomes level good. He has shown that in this league. No one is just going to say, oh, Russ can't throw deep anymore. Because, I mean, he did it last week. He had a beautiful deep ball to KJ Hamler. And it was a nice throw. Best throw of the season so far from, from Russ. He has to adapt. Patrick Mahomes, he adapted. He got better. He threw the mid-range stuff. Josh Allen, he got better. He adapted. He throws the mid-range stuff. He 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 knows how to run this offense. Russ needs to adapt because I I don't care. Maybe at some point you take a look in the mirror, Russell Wilson, and you say, my style does not work in the NFL anymore. Quarterbacks who hold the ball and hang in the pocket and wait and wait and wait and wait. That doesn't work anymore because defenses are just playing coverage-heavy schemes. And the verticality does not exist in, in the NFL anymore. You have to pick and choose your spots and know how to beat zone coverage. And it, it, it's just infuriating because you can blame Nathaniel Hackett all you want. But it worked with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I point to that. Like, it worked with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers adapted. Aaron Rodgers used to hold the ball forever. And then he realized that doesn't work anymore. And I have to listen to my coaching staff and like get better and play good. And he adapted because Aaron Rodgers is a good quarterback. And ultimately Russell Wilson is not a good quarterback. So he didn't adapt. And now he's stuck and he's a middling quarterback because it's just, it's just what rush is. So that's the Broncos. I mean, Latavius Murray showed up. Anytime Latavius Murray shows up, you know you are in deep, deep trouble because that's a guy that shows up when you have no other options. Going. So, I mean, well, at least at least they have the the draft capital to, to pursue a new QB in the, in the near future. Mm, that's unfortunate. Yeah. No. Yep. Yep. I mean, this season's pretty much pointless. Just gonna be seven. We'll and ask 10. you this though, Eric. Seven and ten for no reason. I will ask you this, Eric. Have you ever done anything? Have you ever done anything dangerous? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You believed in the Broncos. I, <laughs> dangerous. I mean, oh, oh, that is dangerous. You know, one time, I, that's too I'll, dangerous. I'll keep my thoughts to myself. But just know, I openly hate Russell Wilson. Just as a person. <laughs> Just like I'm he's against like, him. He's like me, you. I'm against him. I'm against him as a person. Don't like him. We'll never like him. Like he, he seems like a good person. I'm glad he helps out charities. I'm I'm glad he does nice things in the community. Go ahead and do that. But if you want to hang out with me, no, no, thank you. Pass. I'll, I'll I don't on. think Russell Wilson's trying to hang out with you, Eric. Yeah, I know, but I if, if he was, as, if as he hilarious was, I would say pass, please. Psychotic nope. as that subway commercial was, 
I got Subway the next day because of it. I was thinking about Subway all night, and I was like, I went and had Subway for lunch. Did you get the Danger Witch? I did not get the Danger Witch. I was not feeling dangerous enough, but I did end up going to Subway. So Rush did convince me there. I mean, it's I, I think with Russell Wilson, it's so funny how much shit he gets for just being cringy compared to like other NFL athletes for being like rapists and criminals and all this stuff. No, Russell Wilson, he's just a cornball. And in many people's eyes, that's worse than like, you know, killing people, which I, I just think is funny. Like, no, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm really not. He, he, he He's fine. He's a nice guy, but he's not for me. Not my cup of tea. Well, you better learn to like him because he's yours for the next long yeah. time. That's you know, not going great, anywhere. Greatest regret of my life is buying a Russell Wilson jersey for <laughs> yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, you bought the Russ jersey. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not oh. going to wear that thing anymore. I, I, I don't wear it at all, and I won't wear it until he wins. Until he wins, until he looks good, I won't support him. Uh, but, like, I'm a fickle fan. You got to sh- – it's a you, better, you better hope he turns it on, man, because they – they should have waited on that uh, on that contract. It's a what have you done for me lately league, and he's done nothing. All right. Well, I feel like we've talked about a lot, a lot of the same things that we always talk about. So I want to go rapid fire and talk about some things that we don't normally talk about. And I'll talk about something that we don't normally talk about. And then you talk about something we don't normally talk about. And then we get out of here. How about that? We can't forget the sauce watch real quick. Sauce Gardener is really, really good. Dude is absolutely saucing people out there. He is. We need to lather this man in all of the sauce. The the lock to the sauce box. Open it. Throw away the lock. Throw away the key. Throw away the box. Sauce for everyone. Okay. Okay. He, you know, we'll we'll do a check. Here's a key. Let me grab a box. Pop, pop it right down right there. Oh, look at that! That's some beautiful sauce. There's some sauce uh, there. There's some sauce there. Okay, come come here, Mod. Come here. Here, here. Just put out your hand a little. Oh, oh yeah. There you go. You know. You want to look? No, not yet. He's been one of the best corners in the league for four straight weeks. Let, let's see him play some real teams. Let's oh see him play God. some real teams. Let's, oh, my let, God. Let's see him not lock down Mitch Trubisky. Let's, let's see him play some real teams. Let's see how he does against Josh Allen. Let's see how he does against Stephon Diggs. Let's see that. Let's see how he does against Stephon Diggs, and then, and then maybe I'll be sold. The Jets... I feel like we we have talked about the Jets a lot, but the defense is starting to show up. The pass rush is the the pass rush is starting to happen, and Zach Wilson looked good. I mean, there's just no other way to really put it. The interception he threw, one of them was not on him; the other one was. Uh, made the throws that he needed to make. I'm not saying Zach Wilson is the Jets' answer quarterback. But there's something to be excited about. And to be honest with you, Bradford, that's one of the games I'm most excited about next week is Dolphins, Jets. Even if it's Teddy, I'm excited to see Dolphins, Jets. I think it's going to be a fun game. But the thing that we don't talk about a ton that I want to talk about is uh, 
I think it's it's time to just give up on Baker Mayfield's career. Oh, um, I know. I was so. I, it's so. It's so hard to watch. It's, it's very. It's very very sad. It's, it, so uh, it's very very sad. I don't think there's ever been anyone in the NFL that I've watched that showed more promise than Baker Mayfield did in his rookie season. He was. At one point during that year, I would argue a top 10 NFL quarterback. He was top five at points that year. He was incredible. And then every year he started, he he had one kind of half nice year. But every year since then, it's been a slight decline. And at first you could kind of say, oh, it's Freddie Kitchens or, oh, he's just playing for the Browns. But then he got Kevin Stefanski and the offense worked for a year. And then you could say, oh, it's injuries and oh, this, that, and the other thing. He just he doesn't see the field well. Every pass he throws gets batted at the line. Now it seems like he he's just not a starting caliber NFL quarterback. And honestly, the Panthers have to think about throwing Sam Darnold out there when he gets healthy because Baker's not the guy. And it's I mean. They are a really pathetic watch. The Panthers are just a really, really bad team with a really, really bad quarterback. And it's unfortunate because I love Baker and I just wished he would be good, but he is not. And uh, I, 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 I'm right. This is it. This is me since Sinar Baker. I, I don't need to see you as a starting quarterback in the NFL anymore. Like, they, it's just not going to work out. Hope uh, he's going to make. Let me tell you something though, Bradford. He's going to make. I think he's going to make some money as a backup. Would you agree Absolutely. with that? Absolutely. Yeah, he's going to make I, some I money. Hopefully, in some more commercials, man. He he's yeah, one yeah, of my great his actor. commercials were incredible. And I think here's the thing with Baker. I think after this year, maybe maybe it'll be a year or two from now. I think he'll get one more chance. I think one more person will say, you know what? There's so much potential there. I'm going to give this a crack. Maybe this is Ryan Tannehill, you know? Uh, and that's – the talent is there, but you are correct. This is a devastating watch. As someone who's always liked Baker Mayfield, you cannot defend him out there, man. He – I mean, well, you can defend him, I mean, on the field. But, I mean, you can't defend him off the field. Like, he is just – he's a disaster out there. Like, I – I don't like the idea of sending out Darnold, but I mean, you know, give Darnold a chance. You know, maybe he shows you something he won't. Like, I'm I'm starting to question if Baker's like the third best QB on that roster right now, and that is that is a devastating thing to think. But yeah, this is he's not he's not the guy. He's not what he appeared to be. Like it is watching Jacoby Brissett be as mediocrely effective as he is in that offense shows just like I mean I think the Browns were doing Baker's Baker some favors in that offense the past year or two like it is just not not getting it done for me so I I agree with your decision to write him off tough one what's one thing we haven't talked about thus far this year but you would like to talk about uh I would like to talk about ah this is I think for a second I would like to talk about how, I mean, we have touched on it a little bit, but I don't think it's gotten the full airtime that it deserves. Like, 
what happened to offense? Like, I, I, I've really enjoyed the football season up to this point. It has been an excellent product. But, like, it is crazy to me seeing how the league has been trending, you know, so upwards towards focusing on offense and all this stuff over the past couple years. But offense is down like crazy. I mean, even the top quarterbacks, aside from the occasional game, is often feeling like this doesn't feel like it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like everybody's so focused on the running game. And it's really cool to watch. It's like football's evolving forward backwards. And it's it's such a cool cycle to watch play out. But the running has been so prominent. I mean, even just this past week. I mean, I know all the injuries were involved, but for the Giants were running wildcat for like a quarter. Like, what is going on? Like the 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 uh, Falcons attempted seven passes. What is happening? What happened to running? Or what happened to passing? The the Bears are setting records for their lack of passing. It's just it's all just like it's so it's so wonky. It's fun, but what happened? Yeah, that, that's wild. Let me just read you a wild stat here. Winning scores. So this is the score of the team that won the football game. Of the 16 games played this week, 12 winning scores didn't break 30. That's ridiculous. Twelve, And, and that means, to put that stat in context, that means the losing score is lower than that. So a majority of the league did not break 30 points this week. In fact, I want to count just right now off the top of my head, the Buccaneers, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Lions, the Seahawks, and the Raiders, six teams, six teams broke 30 points this week. Six. That That's not a lot of teams. I think you have a real point here, Bradford. And I don't know why it is. I think part of it is this has largely been a preseason these first four weeks. I think we've seen this year why it's important to play some starters in the preseason because the teams that did, like, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, their offenses have not struggled to break 30 points. They look coherent and they look like they know what they're doing. My guess is scoring will go up as the year goes along. That's just me. though. I'm sure it will. Although I do often find that over the course of the year, it's, it's really defense that gets better as the year goes on because it's, it's so much more based on cohesion, but yeah, I, and the thing that's also mind-blowing is the teams that are winning games are doing it with insanely effective run games. Like, you look at the teams that won this past week. The Chargers mostly won it on the ground. Eckler was incredible. The Falcons won it on the ground. I mean, the Browns were effective as well, almost exclusively on the ground. The Eagles got it done on the ground. The the uh, the <clears throat> Sorry, the Chiefs got it done on the ground. The Buccaneers were awesome on the ground. Uh, in, in bits and pieces. I guess that one was a little more passive but, like, I mean, the Packers got it done on the ground. Like, it is the, the Titans got it done on the ground. It is it is crazy to me how run-heavy... I mean, the Seahawks put up 48 points. And yes, Geno was incredible, but a lot of that was done on the ground. Ground games have never received 
this level of attention in years because it's been so focused on like the whole explosive passing element and that's what everybody's been so so heavily on and the whole two safety thing has broken the league and the league's adjusting and they're like well fine if this is the new meta guess what it's 1967 again like this is this is the chicago bears wet dream they've they've turned they've, they've chicago bearsified football like it is just it is just crazy to watch like it's fun but wow, it, it's bizarre yeah Bizarre indeed. Let's get out of here, Bradford. This has been a longer episode. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been fun per usual. Um, Come back Thursday night. We'll talk a little Thursday night football. We'll hit on some of the exciting games coming up this weekend. By the way, just pulled up the weekend slate. I'm very excited for this week. I, I pick, I see a lot of games I'm interested in. And last week, there were not a lot of games I was interested in. But this week, there are quite a few. May I read just a few games I'm interested in? Of course. Packers-Giants. I'm interested in that game. I, I have not really paid close attention to Aaron Rodgers this year. I'm interested to see how the passing game looks. I want to check back in. Steelers-Bills. That one seems like Kenny Pickett might be a little bit tasty. chargers Browns Chargers a nice chance to go off. I like that one quite a bit. Lions Patriots. Can the Lions rebound? I I'm a little worried about my Lions. Uh, Bradford a little worried about them because I don't know if Dan Campbell is going to survive this season. That's kind I mean, of offense is putting up forty points a game. Like they need. I think it's the. I think it's Aaron Glenn that's not going to survive this season, man. Like that defense is is rough, but I mean Dan Campbell's system has turned Jared Goff into like like he's been putting up elite numbers, and obviously you got to watch the games. He's not quite as good as the stats look, but he has been incredibly proficient in this offense. Like I don't know if it's Dan Campbell that's that's toast, but something's got to change defensively. Like it, I I'm I'm very down on the Lions. Uh, compared to what I thought like they could do, but they've just been losing too many games that they shouldn't be losing. Seahawks Saints. That's another one I, I've got some interest in. Dolphins Dolphin versus Gino. Yeah. Dolphins Jets. Dolphins Jets. Dolphins Jets. Very excited about that. Falcons Buccaneers. Very excited about that as well. I mean, Titans Commanders, that one's spicy. Jags, I like the Jags. I want to see if Trevor Lawrence can bounce back from a bad week. Texans Jags. I've been hesitant on the Cowboys, but if the Cowboys and Cooper Rush win next week, I might just be fully in on the Cowboys again. And then you've got, you know, the Eagles. Very tasty. Hopefully they'll blow out the Cardinals. And then I think it just helps the primetime slate's good. Colts Broncos, I get not everyone is interested in that. This is just a, a primetime catered real primetime schedule really catered to this podcast. Uh Broncos Colts, Ravens, Bengals, two teams we both care a lot about. And then Chiefs Raiders. That's gonna Ooh. be a banger of a game on Monday night. That very... is going to be I I rarely predict blowouts, but I 
I think the Raiders are going to keep it close. I, I think you're counting out the Raiders a little bit too early. I think their offense is starting to put it together. I think this is going to be a shootout. I do not like the Raiders' odds in this game. I will just leave it at that. Something about the Raiders, and maybe it'll be different without Gus Bradley, but, like, something about the Raiders, the Chiefs just got figured out. Like, I never doubt those games. The, the Patrick Mahomes could be coming off, like, a, a game in which he throws for, like, 20 yards and has six picks, and I would fully expect him to rebound against the Raiders every time. But that is a spicy game. Could be very high scoring. So I, that that is that is spicy. I don't know if I agree that the commanders are spicy at this point in the season. You did kind of try and, and present them to me as a spicy entity. I I, I did just, not. I, I never said that. You said that that game could be. You said a little spicy. Which one? The commanders game. No, I, I purposely skipped over that, didn't I? No, you you literally said. Commanders, whoever they're playing, could be spicy. I got you on recording. Or you said something along the lines of spicy. I don't remember I that. I disagree with that one. Carson Wentz is very sad to watch. But right. other than that, yeah, I agree. This is an exciting week of games. But after we've been talking for too long, and I feel like we really said nothing, but this has been a fun exercise. I agree. All right. We'll be back Thursday night with Broncos Colts reaction. That will be emotionally charged. I can almost guarantee it one way or the other. Uh, so please do check that out. And yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. So check us out, Ben. And we will see you all later. Peace out.